Hello, and welcome to the Alt Left. Welcome back, everybody, to the Alt Left episode 96. We are back again. Uh, I'm your host, Chris. With me, as always, is the good Reverend Dr. K. Good evening, everyone, and Happy New Year! And the moderate and okay Rabbi Drew. There's nothing happy about this new year. But welcome, everyone. <laughs> it is starting off to a pretty shitty start. Um, it, it was more figurative than literal. Yeah, there's there's Just lots so to cover. Know. None of it's good. I am the resident cynic. It's my job. So let's talk about the elephant in the room. Oh, is he finally seated? Because <laughs> <laughs> holy shit, man. What a, was a, hell of a fucking whirlwind. circus. Uh, and my favorite is, it's like, I don't know, for me at least, uh, I really enjoy it because it is the people who are supposed to fix everything. This is the Matt Gates, the Boberts, the MTGs, right? These super fucking far-right Christo-fascists who get elected to get put in because, like, oh, there's too much infighting and, and people aren't efficient. There's all this bloated bribery and bullshit. And then live on air for the whole fucking world to see, we watch these guys completely tank the entire process for a temper tantrum, and then we watch them get literally bribed out by McCarthy to get their votes. Yeah, it sounds about right. I mean, how many nominations did you get? I got two. Because they all, <laughs> from what I've seen, they all want on. It's it's not the Judiciary Committee. Drew, help me out. Which one is it? It's the one that like lets them investigate Hunter Biden's, you know, light bright from when he was five and that kind of shit. Is it Judiciary Committee? Uh, yeah, it'll be the Judiciary Committee, or they'll just uh, do a select committee similar to like the January 6th committee. I know but they want to do one there to yeah, They want to do one like that to investigate the FBI. Yeah, but they want to be on that Judiciary Committee so that they can do these political stunts and maneuvers because that's what gets them elected. Yeah, um, one of the most important concessions they managed to wring out of McCarthy is they got uh, seats on the Rules Committee, which that's uh, actually what helps them steer the uh, conversation that the Republicans are going to have moving forward. And also so, helps go on things like gerrymandering districts and that kind of thing, right? Oh, oh yeah, mm. totally. Uh, I, it's a very powerful thing that they've negotiated. Actually, basically everything they've negotiated gives them far more power than they should have. It, I, as much as you can hate their side, you have to give them credit that uh, they did a disruptive protest and it worked. They got everything they wanted. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I am not by any means saying it was ineffective, but again, I, I don't know, for me, and again, I don't, I, I agree with you, it's not going to actually change much, um, because obviously if you're, I mean, if you're one of these fucking people, like, you, if you're a fucking MTG supporter, a Bovert supporter, and a Gates supporter, you're either down the God King Trump pipeline where he's going to get resurrected with JFK Jr. and they're going to ride in on a white unicorn and, and fucking save us from Sleepy Joe evil, also super energetic and and, and, and super villain Biden um, and all these pussy soy boy weekend Antifa super soldiers are going to join up with them. Like you're either part of that weird pipeline or you're simply part of just the absolute fucking Christo fascist corruption. And maybe you're not delusional, but you're like, you know, I'm really tired of all these Jews walking around. Um, you're in one of those two camps. And so it doesn't actually matter to you, but it matters to history because none of this is hidden. This is, this is on flagrant display. Uh, the absolute fucking stupid hypocrisy of what they've done with this stunt. And at least future generations won't be confused at all by it. 
Oh, that really depends on how edited the history books are going to be in a few years. Uh, I didn't say American history. (laughs) That's fair. I don't think that it even matters, to be honest, because while the history books will tell the story, is anybody actually going to care in it? You know, well, actually, it really does matter because what what McCarthy's done is he's really fucked himself um, on this one is in order to get this nomination. Right. Um, he actually had to completely weaken himself. So it used to be a thing where it took five Congress people to make like a vote of no confidence, right? And to get the Speaker of the House removed. Nancy Pelosi did that, did away with that a long time ago um, because obviously the Republicans were going to pull stupid stunts. And so part of his concession to them was, okay, fine, I'll bring back that five-person rule. But that wasn't fucking good enough. So now it is a one person. Any one single person can put up a vote of no confidence and they have to re-vote on him. Which I think the Democrats are missing a golden opportunity to start every day with a vote of no confidence. Um, just to show the Republican, just just to just to turn this against them and say, well, this is I what you wanted. Phenomenal. I think they should. They won't fucking do it because yeah, they're, they're not gonna do that at all. Because they're a bunch of pussies. Yeah. They 100% won't do it, but it would be beautiful if they did it. But that that's what he's done is he's basically subjected himself um, to uh, to being completely recalled at any time on the whim of one congressperson. And then this entire process starts all over again. Yeah. And looking through everything, uh, one of the things that they negotiated for, there's actually one thing I do agree with. Uh, they wanted 72 hours to review a bill before it comes to the floor which I don't think that's a bad thing. Oftentimes, I don't think that's a bad thing. All, all yeah, of the bills that they get fine. are, you know, one or 2,000 pages long. So, yeah, maybe they do need more than an hour or two before talking about a bill. To actually you can't read 1,000 pages in a, in a couple hours? Well, I can, but I'm not a congressman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, most of them don't ever read the bills. Yeah, are you no, kidding they have, me? They've got insurance for that. The interns don't even read those fucking bills. No, oh, the interns it, absolutely have to because then they can yeah, pull out objectively, talking that points. Is a, and, objectively, that's a good thing. It is. But like everything else is really just crap. I mean, they want to restore the Holman rule, which can be used to reduce the salary of government officials, which, okay, they have control over the uh, congressional budget and the budget of the government. But that also means they can just simply defund whatever organization they don't like. Yeah. And they're going to. I mean, they're already talking about um, they're going to kill a bill that's going to add, you know, IRS employees and that kind of thing. Like, what, like, like, like 20,000 or something like that? 87,000. 87,000? Oh, a minuscule yes. 87,000 jobs. But I mean, of course, this, this is the corrupt. I mean, again, this is the more corrupt party of even more billionaires. And this is going to just reduce any further oversight. This is a dream ticket, and it did win for them. And I, I'm curious to see what uh, what uh, what should we call it? what committees they're going to get put on. Yeah, we'll find out about that more in a few days. Yeah, but overall, um, I mean, I want to congratulate the uh, truly psychotic wing of the Republican Party for showing the rest of the world just how nuts you are. Yeah, no shit. This was, I mean, this was, and again, it's not even that anything like terrible happened. It was just, it was just, it was hilarious. And I mean, I don't know if you guys saw there. There was, uh, I saw this great interview. For some reason, Boebert decided going on MSNBC would be a smart move. I don't fucking know why she thought that would be a good idea. But it is funny to watch people like her get torn apart when they actually have to go against a journalist who isn't writing a fluff piece. 
because <laughs> they come up with these talking points that sound really good if no one's going to actually question anything you're saying, right? If you're going on fucking Fox News or OAN and you're going to put your point of like, well, we don't like McCarthy because he can't get a consensus. Look, he can't even get these votes. And so therefore, we don't want to support him in this because he can't unify the party. And then someone goes, oh, oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then that sounds fine. That sounds like representative democracy, but it's yeah. not because the people holding up the fucking vote is the bitch on TV right now saying that he can't unify the party. She's the obstruction. Like, that's the funny part. And it's and it's like when that gets pointed out, it's like, what you're you're the one obstructing. This would go through smoothly if it wasn't for you. They then immediately, I watched her pivot. She goes, well, well, we don't like what the Democrats are doing. We're here to get stuff done. And then like a little, little this interview was, it was five minutes and it was incredible. And I forgot what her name was, the journalist interviewing her. But she then even came back with this point of like, yes, but how are you going to get anything done? You don't have a speaker. You are wasting days. And and then she came back with, an, and I wish I had this in front of you, but she came back with another point of, look, these are days that Congress isn't spending any money. This is beneficial to the taxpayers. And she went, no, it's not. Everything that has been passed is still being paid. Your salaries are still being paid. In fact, the only thing you're doing is preventing passing more cuts that you're saying you want to put in to save money, but you're not doing anything because you're obstructing Congress. And then she just pivoted right back to, well, he doesn't have all the votes. He goes, but it's your votes he doesn't have. And it was like, it was this amazing backpedaling adventure because, again, when you actually put any kind of question to it, it's total horseshit. And it is literally just obstructionist bullshit. And I am at least glad that the Republican Party gets to watch the monster that they create. I mean, this starts with the Tea Party, you know. The Tea Party did this a long time ago. And now all the Tea Party candidates are considered the moderate, sane Republicans, right? And they pushed this. Trump came into power. He was an absolute populist. And what did they do? No checks whatsoever. We support the president. Kofifi all day. And, I mean, remember remember his second election? They put forth the party platform was just whatever Trump says, that's what we're going to do. And it was like. That's essentially what it said on the website. They made this happen. They chose a populist president. They chose to make him a cult of person. They chose to make the party a cult of personality. And therefore, the most extreme elements got elected off of obedience to that talking head. And when that happens, this is what you get. You get people who have no idea how to fucking govern. You get people who live on nothing but sound bites and appealing to a radical base. And that's all you get. You get fluff. You get nothing done. And you get these jackasses pulling this shit. And again, I know it's not going to actually matter to the people who vote for them because they love this crap. But at least 100 years from now, it'll be so fucking obvious and everyone's going to be like, why the fuck didn't you guys take these guys out and hang them? You want uh, one more fun story about uh, Boebert? Okay, so she went on the on MSNBC and totally flubbed that interview. I didn't see that one. I did, however, see her go on Fox News on Sean Hannity, and she fucked that one up, too. Because she had the same sort of talking points. And, you know, if you go on Hannity, you're looking at basically softball questions because he was the shadow propaganda minister for Trump for the entirety of his four years. But uh, Kennedy kept coming back to the question of, okay, you don't want McCarthy, but who is your choice? Who can you unite the rest of the party around to get them elected? And again, she would just go into talking points and blame the Democrats and talk about how they don't like McCarthy. And Sean would keep coming back to, okay, but who is your choice? You have 20 votes right now. He has 202. Who, um, who is it that you, know, you can put up to 
get your point across. And she just wouldn't answer. And the, and now uh, Sean Hannity is being called a rhino, which I love. But it just <laughs> right. shows how insane everything has gotten. Yeah, that Sean Hannity is considered too fucking left-wing pandering for the Republican Party. That's absolute insanity. That Hannity is a voice of reason and, and actual questions when interviewing someone. Like, that just makes no sense to me at all. Well, it makes perfect sense to me because we've seen a slow but very predictable slide over the last six years. Mm-hmm. To this. Thir- Honestly, it's been about 13 years. The, the election of Obama really kicked this wagon over the top of the hill. I mean, you could, you could really, I mean, you could put this back to Reagan, you could put it back to fucking Mussolini. Like, what? A, you could really go back and find a source anytime you want. I mean, obviously, Reagan has the roots. You know, Reagan is the one who appealed to Christo fascists. Reagan is the one who started this rolling. But in my opinion, it was the election of Obama was kind of that point of no return because the Republicans could have come back to sanity anytime they wanted. Once Obama got placed in office and it was okay to put up fucking lynching posters and shit and and this, you know, oh, his wife's a man and he's a secret Muslim. And like all that when when all the tinfoil hat nonsense got put to front of the line party policy. And the, like, we're going to vote against every... You know, when Mitch McConnell came out and said, it'll be his Waterloo, we'll vote against fucking everything. And that that is the one thing I'll give to the Democratic Party. Because I don't fucking like the Democratic Party. Anybody who listens to the show more than three times knows. You can't go more than an episode or two without hearing me bitch about how much I fucking hate the Democratic Party. But at least, I'll give them this. If the Republicans put forth a bill that was in their interest, and according to what they thought was good, they would vote for it. If the Republican Party yeah. put forth a bill and said, hey, we actually want to increase standards on clean water and clean air, or we're going to actually expand uh, Medicare coverage, or we're going to give drug companies less power in negotiating, or whatever, you put anything on the Democratic platform, right? We're going we're gonna to help curtail the NRA. We're going to police reform, blah, blah, blah. Anything that the Democratic Party has on their radar. If the Republicans put that out there as a win, the Democrats would still vote for it. The Republicans won't. Obama literally nominated a Republican justice to the Supreme Court and they wouldn't do it just because he put him up there. Like, that's where they are at. They are nothing but obstructionists. If they are in power, they will tear down rights. And if they are out of power, they will gum up the works until they can get back in. That is all they are. And that's what this shows. And I think it's been there since Obama. I think that's where, for me at least, that's where you start. Um, like, yes, obviously the election of Trump really just poured gasoline right on the campfire. Um, but it, it, it was the Obama presidency that you saw this absolute policy of obstruction come out of the GOP. Yeah, that was kind of my point. That was where the brakes were definitely off of the run train at that point. It's like, I would say my point where they really started their point of no return was actually Newt Gingrich, who proved that being the party of no would work for them. Yeah, yeah. Gingrich was also a fucking giant toxic influence to the modern day Republican Party. Yeah. But it's the party of family values. No matter how many times he leaves his wives while they're dying. They are such a party of family values, they have multiple families. Yeah. And and so just for anybody who's listening who hasn't been following the McCarthy thing, like the short and dirty of it, Drew, correct me where I'm missing pieces, but the the, the 10 second thing is basically the House has to nominate someone to be speaker, right? And the speaker has a huge amount of power because the speaker decides what bills are coming up. If a speaker doesn't like a bill that's being brought up, he can fucking bury it to the bottom of the pile where it takes years to get put through. And something that's special interest can get put right to the top. So literally, you could be bribing the speaker of the house to put your bill that helps your industry or company or state or whatever rise to the top. So 
the Speaker of the House literally decides the agenda, decides a lot of the decorum rules. Um, it's an inc- it's an insanely powerful position. It's the reason why it's third in line for the presidency. Like, there's a reason the Speaker of the House is above Secretary of State in the line of succession, um, because few wield as much power as the um, as, as oh my god as the Speaker. Thank you, as the Speaker of the House. He was he was kind of the front runner for this. Like most Republicans, stomach the the far right Republicans could, the less far right Republicans could. McCarthy was kind of an obvious choice. Now there could have been a battle because Pelosi has managed to stay in power because even a handful of Republicans will vote for her. Um, but she was done after Republicans literally came to her house to murder her. She was like, "Okay, I'm just I'm not going to die from brown shirts, and I don't like Nancy Pelosi, and I don't think it would be a shame if she was gone." Um, but I get it. I don't believe we should have political run terrorism um, attacking people. So I get where she was like, I'm fucking 100 years old. I'm not putting up with this shit anymore. And so she retired. She said, I'm done hanging up the gavel. And so now here comes McCarthy, the obvious front runner. The Republicans now have a very slim majority. So they'll get the fucking votes. And we had a handful of obstructions, 20 of them. And they were, you know, MTG, Boebert, Gates, and a bunch of other dipshits that you haven't heard uh, of. Not uh, not MTG. She was, and she was on McCarthy's train shortly after the election. She has always been on his side. That's right. MTG and Boebert have actually been fighting over this. I forgot about that. That romance is over. Yep. But anyway, it's the usual fucking suspects of dipshits. And they keep voting for some nobody. I forgot what his name is. But they keep voting for this other candidate who nobody fucking cares about and nobody fucking likes. And they're just doing it to gum up the works because they don't like McCarthy because he's sane. Um, he's not going to go up there and hang a Trump flag and make Matt Gates emperor. Like that's they anything short of that is wrong for them. Um, and they want all the power. They want him to cave and put them on all the select committees. And so we finally did. And we had the circus fuck show uh, that went for what was it, fifteen votes? Sixteen? Yeah, 15, fifteen right? votes. Yeah. yeah, fifteen votes. We had the circus go through, uh, where nothing could happen because until you have a speaker, no bills can be presented, no one can be sworn in, nothing can be done until you have a speaker of the house. Um, and so in order to get that position, he sold a soul and he did everything we talked about, putting people on committees. We won't know what those are yet. Giving away all his power, making sure that any one person at any time can completely fuck this system up. Um, that's where we're at. That's how we got here. How do you think, Drew? Is that, that pretty sum up? Yeah, that was pretty succinct. And I, I'm going to make a soft prediction. I think sometime within the next year, once the uh, really hardliners have most of what they want, they're just going to quietly start amassing power and they're going to overthrow him. Oh yeah. Hands down. He is not going to last at all. I, I, I give him a year or two. Yeah, probably I, a year. Yeah. I give him a year, maybe a little more, but they're absolutely going to take him down. Now, speaking of overthrowing, uh, there is some breaking news on the alt left podcast. You heard it here first. If you want to be technical, we heard it on our discord first, you know, whatever the news sound is. I think it was Phoenix Tiberius that uh, actually put it up there today. Um, with the exception of Phoenix Tiberius, you heard it here first. <laughs> uh, there are men on the street. Yes. <laughs> Phoenix Tiberius is now officially, officially our, um, our, uh, our, 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 our news reporter. He is, he is the official correspondent reporter for the Alt-Left podcast. Congratulations on your promotion and pay raise. Uh, but Brazil is having a January 6th. 
uh, as we speak. Brazil is having their January 6th. Bolsonaro, who is basically Brazilian Trump, uh, took a big, a big cue from him. And, you know, during the last, and he's an, obviously a fucking crazy, hardcore right-wing fascist. He was predicting, because it was obvious that he was probably not going to win the election. And so he was saying, if I lose, it's going to be bullshit, and it's going to be, you know, fake news, and it's a stolen election. And he was already doing that same old tired rhetoric. And, of course, he lost the election. He refused to leave. He actually had to get escorted out by police. They had to drag him out because uh, he didn't want to leave the office. And now today, uh, supporters of him are storming the fucking Capitol. And they're demanding that the military overthrow uh, the current president. Yeah, that's going to work. Uh, yeah, the BBC is reporting that Mr. Bolsonaro's supporters are calling for military intervention and the resignation of Mr. Da Silva. And Da Silva is the uh, known as Lula is the... Um, the left-wing candidate who won, uh, who defeated a far-right rival in October's election. Lula is currently on an official trip in Sao Paulo State. In his inauguration speech, Lula vowed to rebuild a country in terrible ruins, and he decried the politics of his predecessor who went on to the U- who, who went to the U.S. to avoid the handover ceremony. Seriously? He, like, fled the country so that he wouldn't have yeah. to... Now, I, nice. I, I said earlier, I, th- I could have sworn he was, he was taken out by cops. I thought they had to drag him out. Maybe I'm conflating two things. I could have sworn Bolsonaro was taken out by cops. Uh, that may have been the Peruvian president who uh, oh. was trying to, like, I think he, I, I think he banned their Congress and tried yes. to more or less install himself as a dictator. And then yeah. his coup lasted like six hours. <laughs> yeah, which, if no one's paying attention, by the way, Peru is also in shambles. There are street protests. In fact, protesters in Peru have shut down all major roads, train stations, arteries through the country. Like, it is actually now impossible to travel in Peru. Um, so that's a fun piece. But yeah, anyway, so stay tuned and keep a watch on what's happening in Brazil because uh, this is going to get real interesting to find out who takes place. Because and that's, and that's something we all have to remember is it doesn't take that much. We always think of our governments as these, you know, these, these unmistakably unchangeable things where nothing can be done. And it's like we see coups happen all the time and right-wingers pull this shit. And the reason why you, you you never see the left wing get away with it is because the military and authorities are typically right winged. Um, and so they'll fight against it more. But it's like it doesn't take much. Like It's really fucking fragile to topple a government. You really don't need to do a lot um, to do it. And if you start thinking that like, well, they'd never pull that here or these fucking Nazis are actually harmless. They're fucking not. And. Always remember that the right wing will always be given the benefit of the doubt when it comes to police and military and guard ships, and that they are also far more motivated to bring apart death and ruin and destruction uh, for everyone. So if January 6th wasn't a call for that, like, look at Brazil, it's the same thing is happening. And this is kind of something I've been saying for a while, too, is this right wing fascist tide that's sweeping around the world is happening everywhere simultaneously. There's places where it's worse than others. This will be one of those situations where the military is going to play the role one way or the other because the the last time Brazil slid into an actual dictatorship, it was because of a military junta. And so in a lot of countries, the military holds an excess of power in the political system. They don't have nearly as much power in uh, U.S. politics. But uh, it's really when something like this happens, you got to pay attention to the military because if the military is on the side of the protesters, your government's gone. Oh, yeah. The, mm-hmm. the military is always the deciding factor, which is why you got to be careful about who you put in brass. Um, yeah, but they're they, trying to get rid of all the woke generals now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. Um, 
But just so you know, they haven't gathered outside. I actually was just looking at the latest updates. They have ab- absolutely breached. Oh, yeah, they're inside. Uh, cops were firing tear gas at them. That has not deterred them. They are inside the congressional building in Brazil. Yeah, they're in the they're in the congressional so, building. They're in the t- the center of justice, and they're in the presidential palace. But was was the Congress in session? Like it's a Sunday, right? No, it wasn't. They just took over the building. Okay. Well, no, it just like but the if they is, took over they, the building, over, who gives a shit? Like, not it's because they haven't just taken over the congressional building. They've occupied uh, the congressional building, the judicial building, and they've taken over the presidential palace. Yeah, they've taken okay. over all three seats of uh, government in. Uh, the way that uh, Brasilia works, the city itself, it's similar to Washington and D.C., but it's literally only their buildings are what uh, constitutes the capital city. So no, and, literally, and I, literally I, protesters have taken over the entirety of the capital at this point. So, yeah. no, and I get that. But like just because they've taken over the buildings doesn't mean that they have power to do anything because the it power mean, lies in the people that occupy the like that occupy the uh, offices. Well, not really. I mean, you got to remember, it's kind of like the dollar. I mean, how does the dollar have money? It's based on full faith and credit. That's it. If fiat currency is worth nothing. Um, and it's the same Fair. thing. Like, yeah, you can say that the power resides in the elected officials, but only the elected officials only have power as long as the mandate from the masses is there. Now, if the sure. masses have stormed okay. the capital and are not allowing you to govern, because if they occupy all three buildings, there is not a single branch of government that can effectively work as normal. And so even if, yes, you could get all the congressional members in some warehouse somewhere and start doing stuff, it's very easy to dismiss it and say, look, it's a government in exile. They have no power. Look, they ha- these sessions don't count because they weren't in the way the rules and means say they have to be. And so yeah, it, optics it, are very important. Yeah, it's that, a big key. Okay, and, that's, and that's very them. fair. That's very fair. I get that. Yeah. Buildings have power. Well, and I guess I was just thinking in terms of, okay, yes, if they occupy these buildings now, how difficult is it going to be to clear them of these buildings, the the the, the military and or police forces, right? Because there's still police forces outside of the, the buildings and there's still military that resides outside these buildings. And if they can clear these people within a couple of days then yes, while they've obstructed uh, some of the the goings on, it's not a long-term thing here. You know what I mean? Well, it depends on how much they're willing, what they're willing to do to clear them. Because for instance- and and I get that too. The the only reason January 6th got as far as they did is because it was right-wing. Had it been leftists who did that, the cops would have shot everyone. Um, yeah. and, and the fact that they only shot Ashley Babbitt, which by the way, Ashley Babbitt got exactly what she fucking deserved. Um, the right wing has been trying to did. make January 6th, Ashley Babbitt remembrance day. And, uh, yeah. personally I'm on board with it. Let's bake a cake and let's smile every time a fucking fascist gets shot in the face. I'm happy for that. Uh, so yes, I am in favor of Ashley Babbitt day. Let's all have a fucking party when that piece of shit traitor got shot in the face. Um, but there should have actually been more of that. Like people stormed the Capitol and there were armed guards who refused to shoot. And that's because, again, I get it. Like these people don't want to actually open fire on American citizens. I understand no. that hesitation. But when there is a coup taking place, that's why you have a gun is to prevent this. You swore an oath enemies foreign and domestic. And that domestic part is talking about this. That's exactly why it was written. It was to prevent extremists from taking over the country and shoving us back into the fucking dark ages. And there should have been far more Ashley Babbitts that happened. And so you got to wonder, I guess they fired some tear gas, but no one's been killed. No one's been shot. No one's been hurt. Like 
nothing has actually gone on. The police are refusing to take this action because, again, it doesn't matter what country you're in. If you're a cop, you're usually an authoritarian. And you're typically on the side of these right-wingers. That's true. So the question remains is how much are they willing to do to actually remove these protesters? You know, and that's where I think Drew is right, where it really comes down to what's the military's call going to be? Well, and hopefully the military will follow the rightly elected leader, do what they're supposed to, which is protect the state. The best thing they could do is to sit it out entirely and leave it to the local police, which uh, I believe the Brazilian police force is a nationalized police force. So they're effectively an arm of the military anyway. But I think if they leave it to the cops, the cops will clear things out. And it really depends on how aggressive they want to be in getting rid of the protesters. I think they're kind of banking on uh, De Silva trying to have a lighter hand because he is a leftist. But I think it doesn't take long for them to get their point across that they're not going away and they can do this at any time. But we'll see what happens as that develops over the next few days. Yeah, I'm, you know, when everyone see, hears this on Monday, there probably won't be too much development. There'll be some. Uh, but I imagine by the end of this week, we'll have an answer as to what's going to happen with Brazil. Most likely. Most likely, yeah. Under a normal circumstance like this, because that's the thing, is this is not the majority. This is a minority. This is a far-right minority. And a military has a duty to the nation's constitution and to the nation's government. Now, you can easily make an argument where if the masses are demanding a regime change, the military should step out. But the role of the military is to protect the state, and it is to carry out the will of the people and the government, and especially that of its duly elected officials. Like, if you have a military who will not take orders from its elected officials then you do not live in a democracy or anything even close to it. You live in a military dictatorship. If the military exists outside of official rules, regulations, and orders, then again, you're, you're not in any kind of, any kind of state where a uh, mandate from the masses has any power. And that's yeah. why I think the military shouldn't be sticking it out. Um, the military should absolutely be moving in. Uh, but I always think the military should be crushing right-wing extremism. And that's not a new thought, by the way. That goes back to the civil fucking war. <laughs> I, I like, actually let's I not agree forget with you, Chris. the military persecuted the Klan when Grant was president. The military absolutely has a a role to play in right wing extremism. Unfortunately, we're currently living in a time in history where the military has no want to do that because it's conflicted. But I, I actually agree. I think that the military in those kind these kinds of cases has a duty to act to protect the the government as it were more than than standing by and just kind of hoping that someone else will take care of it or the the nationalized police or the local police will take care of it because i think that the military as chris was saying god my lost my fucking train of thought I think your point is that the military is simply it has to be an armed branch to carry out the yes. will of the people and protect yes the yes that's 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 yeah that's right. Which is why I think if these protesters represented a majority or even an even amount, that I would say, yeah, the, the, the military actually needs to step out and let, let the people's will be heard. But this is a minority. This is a vocal yeah. fascist minority doing this. Correct. And I don't believe they have any right uh, to be legitimized. It's a, it's a fringe group. Yeah. And, and I'll give you also that, like, if these were hardcore leftists, I would not have the same opinion. And so I'm completely acknowledging I have a bias here that any hardcore far-right extremism should be met instantly by force and stoppage. But 
I also point to there's a reason for that. Like, not just because I'm a leftist, but when the far left takes control, people get fed. And when the far right takes control, we have concentration camps. Mm-hmm. True. Is that even if you don't agree with let's let's say you're a, you're a liberal or you're a centrist, right? And you're like, well, you know, I don't agree with the far left either. Like, I don't want all my money getting taken to taxes, and I don't believe we should be forgiving student loans, and I don't believe we should have uh, so you know socialized medicine for all. Like, even if that's your stance and you're a feckless centrist, like, fine. But then you still would be appalled at what the right does far more. Like, even if you're in the middle and you're like, well, I don't really like the far left or the far right. Anybody with any kind of intelligence can look at the difference of wasteful sp- domestic spending and fascism that does ethnic cleansing. Because that's what these fucking far writers want is they want an end. They want death to the gay community. They want death to the trans community. They want secondary citizenship for women. Like yeah. they want secondary citizenship for black people. I mean, the far, far right. They want their actual Nazis. They want death to Jewish people and black people and people who are mixed race. I mean, that's what the you go to the farthest right as you can and you go right back to fucking Auschwitz and you go as far left as you can. And it's like, oh, let's all smoke pot and abolish the government. And like, I'm sorry, one of those leads to a lot worse scenarios than the rather. And so that if anybody's wondering, like, yes, obviously I have a bias, but my bias, I believe, is informed by actual pragmatism of what happens when the most extreme voices are heard on each side. And again, one of them leads to Star Trek and one of them leads to death. And that's going to be it for us today. So stay tuned. See what goes on with Brazil. See what goes on with the uh, with our U.S. Congress. It's it's going to be an interesting week for everyone involved. Um, and we will be here next week, uh, where Drew and I are going to do a deep dive into some, some spending and some some legislation. So hope you're here for it. Uh, we love you to pieces. Thank you for letting us fear your holes. And until then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and remember that the revolution is you. 